One more good evening, and thank you very much for coming tonight. What I'd like to do this evening is I'd like to share with you how my faith uh, affected my professional career, in particular in a situation in which my company uh, put me in charge of a division that was losing a lot of money, and they asked me to turn it around. I grew up in a strong Catholic family, and as I was growing up, I developed a number of devotions, particularly to the Blessed Mother, to the Holy Spirit, and St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless cases. These were my tools of faith that carried me through my career, and, um, and, and, and to which I subscribe to this day. I graduated from Xavier University with a chemical degree, and after spending two years in the U.S. Army art Artillery, I um, began my career in the chemical field. A manager said to me a long, long time ago, if a manager develops a plan, but the people under him don't like it, uh, uh, and don't respect them, there's a good chance that plan will not succeed. On the other hand, if a manager develops a social plan, but the people under him like it, and respect them, there's a good chance there will be some success in that plan. What I got from this is that in order for me to be successful in my career, I needed, I needed people. But I didn't just want the people to, to work for me, I wanted the people to work with me. And based on that, I started to develop a um, management philosophy of capturing people and not conquering them. Now, how do you capture somebody? Well, uh, if somebody's going to report to you, the people that are going to report to you, what you do is you share your vision with them, what it is that you're trying to do so they know what, what, uh, what they have to do. Uh, you want them to be positive. You want them to give their creative juices to you so that uh, they can help solve some of these problems. You want them to be enthusiastic. You want them to be happy with their job. And uh, uh, by doing this, uh, what happens is they suddenly become part, part of a team. On the other hand, I had to say to them, number one, I will manage you on a constant basis. You will not see ups and downs from me. Uh, secondly, anything that you, uh, any suggestions that we follow, you will always get credit for it. And thirdly, I will try to reward you as well as I possibly can. So, armed with the tools of faith and with this philosophy, I started making gains in the chemical field, getting promoted from one job to the next, each job, of course, having much more responsibility than the previous job. While I was going through this, uh, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I, I pray all day long. I don't say Hail Marys and Our Fathers. I just continue to talk, and I talk to my spiritual benefactors. I said to the Holy Spirit constantly, make my mind sharp. If anybody throws an obstacle on the table, help me to get around it. And thirdly, help me to come away with a favorable resolution to any problem. Anyway, I was working as a business manager for a product line, and we were making quite a bit of inroads into that product line. And I knew that the company was having trouble with this one operation, losing millions of dollars. And they were trying to consider, do we sell this company, uh, this operation, or uh, do we close it down? Do we break it up and sell pieces of it? Well, I went to the bosses 
And I stuck my neck out and I said, look, I'm familiar with the operations of that division. I said, put me in charge of it, and I think I can turn it around. Well, they were familiar with my other work that I had done, but they said, well, what are your plans? How are you going to do this? So I laid out my plans to them, and lo and behold, they accepted it. They put me in charge. Now I was ahead, the, uh, ahead of the uh, a division that was in a terrible mess. Uh, I had to address some things very quickly because in a division that's in a mess, there's a lot of chaos because there's so much uncertainty. The, the workers don't know if they have a job tomorrow, is their job going to move. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, I don't want to go through this turmoil. I'm going I'm, I'm to try to find a job someplace else. Right after I was promoted, the division had an awards dinner down in Tennessee. That's where this operation was. It was for the workers and it was for their wives. And I went down there to give the keynote talk. I laid the situation out. Hey, we got troubles, but they all knew that we had troubles. But I also laid out what the vision was. We can win on this thing. We can do things. But I told them, you have to work with me. And I got such excellent reception from the uh, uh, product workers uh, because they were one of three personnel areas I identified that I had to address. The production workers, union management, and the salesmen. The production workers, I could see, they accepted it. They wanted to get out of this mess. And after the talk, uh, the, uh, some of the workers and their wives came up to talk to me, introduce, introduce themselves to me. And this one woman said, Mr. Ross, do you think that we can really turn this division around? And uh, she turned to her husband and she said, uh, Jimmy here, he's been working here 25, 30 years, just like all the rest of them. He, won't know, he, he w would not know what to do if he lost his job, just like the rest of them. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I can sit in my office with my managers, and I can plot strategies and tactics and plans and, and, and with concern for the workers. But suddenly, concern for the workers suddenly took on a personal uh, hit with me, and it, it, it hit me very hard. I had 135 workers and their families they were counting on me calling the correct shots. Uh, so I said to the woman, I said, ma'am, do you pray? And she said, oh, Mr. Ross, every night I'm down on my knees, I pray to the Lord. I said, well, you ask the Lord to help us. And I said, I have a funny feeling he will. So I knew the production workers were on, on, on the wagon with me. The second area that I had to address was the union management. Union management... I had some apprehension. I had trouble with the unions two times in previous work at previous companies. So I called up the president of the union management. I said to him, um, I want to sit down with you. I'm coming down to Tennessee. I want to sit down with you. So we sat down, had a cup of coffee, and I think Christ sat down with us. Because as soon as we started talking, I could feel the chemistry between us. I knew that he was going to be easy to work with. I laid out to him what I needed. He laid out to me the pressures he was getting from the workers. And so we sort of came to a conclusion that he wanted to work with me. And I said to him, you know, in a few weeks we're going to have a sales meeting, three-day sales meeting. And I said, the salesmen are going to present their territories, their, the obstacles that they're running into, the needs that they have. I said, I'd like you to come down and join us. And he said, me? I said, yeah. 
I said, well, yeah, okay. He, could, he couldn't say no because I was a boss. He said, yeah, okay, I'll, 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 I'll do that. And I said, but there's one thing I want from you. He said, what's that? I said, at the end of the three days after you've heard all the presentations, I want you to get up and make a presentation. He said, what about? I said, about you and about the union. He said, well, okay, I will. So, the sales meeting came, comes along. Three days we were together listening to presentations. We ate together. We drank together. At the end of the third day, after all the sales uh, presentations were done, it was his turn. He got up. The first sentence out of his mouth was, the union gives us a booklet. And on the first page of the booklet, they insinuate that the company is the enemy. And then he looked around and he said, you know, I don't think I believe that anymore. And I knew we had him. And he worked with me very closely. All the grievances were handled easily. Labor contract negotiations were handled uh, easily. And everything worked out with the union. They were not a problem. They were a contributor. The third personnel area I had to work with were the salesmen. The salesmen work on a salary basis, but they also have an incentive plan in which they develop targets, uh, the amount that they're going to sell at the start of the year, and if they meet that target at the end of the year, they get a nice bonus. The bonus will be a nice percentage of their salary. So if they meet their target, they get their salary, and then they get a lump sum, and they love the lump sum around the holiday time. But there was one problem. The problem with that incentive plan was that if a salesman has a bad January and a February, he could sit down and say, gee, there's no way I'm going to make up this shortfall in the next 10 months. So for the next 10 months, he'll continue to sell because that's his job. But he won't sell at that high, intense, aggressive level that I was looking for. So I thought, we have to work something out. And then the Holy Spirit developed a plan, and we followed it. The plan was to have the same mechanism, but do it on quarters. So that if a salesman has a bad January and February, he'd say, okay, I'm not going to get my, my first quarter budget, but I can start in April to work on the second quarter budget, and so on and so on. He will never be tied down by something that happened seven months ago. And hit the level of sales that these guys did was tremendous. And they were um, instrumental in helping the company, the division, turn around. The division turned around, the bleeding stopped, and then slowly, we started making money. And the, um, the company liked the progress that we were making, and they built another plant down in Texas. And then shortly after I left the company, they bought a small operation similar to this division, and they combined it together and made a, a, a great business portfolio that was based on the division that was failing. Was I responsible for this turnaround? Yes, I was. And so was the workers, so were the managers, so were the salesmen, so was the Blessed Mother, the Holy Spirit, the Queen Jude, imagine, patron, patron of hopeless cases. I think he had his hands full. And this is the way it was supposed to be. It was a team victory. And the, the beauty of a team victory is that all the members of the team at the end enjoy a slice of that satisfaction pie. They all contributed to it. They all worked hard on it. Now, what did I learn from it that I want to share with you? 
first of all, I had talked about uh, I, I, uh, some people. I, I wanted to, how do I capture people outside the company? I tried to build a bridge of respect with them. I tried to build a bridge. I, I tried to see what, what do we have in common? Where are you from? What school did you go to? Um, uh, what do you like? What don't you like? And if I found a guy that was a Catholic, oh, the bridge was starting to form. Now, if I, being Italian, if I found a guy that was a Catholic and an Italian, we were like buddies for 30 years. So we had, we had, uh, we had the bridges built. Uh, why, why build those bridges? Because it's so much easier to manage people, to sell to people, or to negotiate with people where you have a sense of respect. You know, everybody define, everybody says that they want to maintain their dignity, but everybody defines what dignity is a little differently. I have found that the one way to cut across all this is to offer people your respect. It costs me nothing to give a person respect. But that person that receives that respect values that respect as priceless. The, um, it is, I think, it helped me out with understanding one of the commandments of Christ. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And with honoring people like this and working with them, I got to do that. The second thing I want to talk to you about is attitude. Attitude is contagious. It's more contagious than any disease. But it can change like that. Positive attitude, they've written books about positive thinking. They even come up with sayings that a man who says he can do something and a man who says he can't, they're both right. Because if a man is trying to achieve something and he doesn't believe that he can achieve it, he will not achieve it. You have to have a vision of your achievement. I've been around positive thinkers and I've been around negative thinkers. Positive thinkers are best. I said to my managers, I know you all have problems. We all have problems. When you come into work in the morning, I want you to check your problems at the door and I want you to bounce into that office. Everybody's going to be looking at you. Good morning, good morning, I like to see you do that because people will say, hey, it builds their, their attitude up, their attitude gets higher, uh, and they, they become more productive. If a manager comes in, he's down in the dumps, and his daughters are down and everything, people will say, oh boy, look out, today's going to be a long day, don't cross his path, that's not, that's not constructive. So attitude, positive attitude is good, negative attitude is bad, and you always notice that anybody who has a positive attitude they attract people to themselves. The last thing I wanted to discuss is, I had, and I had a problem with this. When I was promoted, the, 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 my boss said, Vince, be a good manager, uh, treat your people well, keep your feet on the ground and your head out of the clouds, which means don't get cocky uh, with uh, any success. Well, uh, don't, don't worry about me, you know, I was so excited about being uh, promoted. So. What I did is um, I participated in that turnaround, and before you know it, one success after the next starts coming. We're getting success in production, success in sales. Our financials were going up. People were throwing sugar at me. People would say, Mr. Ross, your division is really doing great, really doing swell. Other people uh, uh, from other parts of the corporation would come up to me quietly and say, uh, Vince, do you have an opening in your, uh, in your division? Because uh, I'd like to work with your guys. Your guys are so positive. And, 
And I said, uh, you know, and I'd say, well, I'd handle it according to what the situation was. But you know, you start getting your heads up in the, head up in the clouds and it becomes very intoxicating. And your subordinates aren't going to tell you that you're getting a little heady, but they will think that you're becoming a pompous jerk. And uh, that's the last thing that a manager wants to be considered. I had to pray in two ways. I had to pray for, um, to recognize when I was getting a little bit off the ground, and I had to pray to help me get back down on the ground. This pride thing can come on anybody. Somebody gives you compliments, getting compliments left and right. What happens, what happens is that um, you start to grow. You're seven feet tall and you're growing. I would suggest, I did not have a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel at that time, but, but I would suggest that if we, anyone who gets caught up in getting a little heady, and, and we all can do that, that they go to the Adoration Chapel and follow the instructions of St. John Vianney. He spent many hours in adoration, and the people asked him, what are you doing there? Uh, you're, you're praying to the real presence? Uh, you're talking, you're talking to the, uh, praying to the sacred white host. What are you doing there? And he said one thing simply. He said, I look at him and he looks at me. And I will guarantee you that if you go into the chapel and you go through this real cocky period, if you look at that sacred host and you know he's looking back at you, it will only take a couple minutes for you to realize who you really are. And how you have, uh, how many feet, uh, how you can get your feet back down on the ground. This ends my presentation. I, I, I wanted to go smoothly. I did not have my teleprompter. Some guy in Washington is using it. So, uh, if there are any questions, the clock watcher here, do I have some time for him to answer questions? Any questions? Beautiful. That's great. My stomach is settling down. <laughs> No questions at all? That's it. Thanks very much. Thanks.